0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the PA Path podcast. Today we meet with Dr. Brittany Booths, who's been the department head and program director for the LSU-HSCPA program in New Orleans since October of 2022. She completed a master's of medical science degree from Our Lady of the Lake College in 2009. Following graduation, she practiced correctional and emergency medicine, and she joined the LSU-HSCPA program in 2015 teaching in the didactic curriculum, and supporting the program as the admissions coordinator. Dr. Booth received her Doctor of Medical Science degree with a focus in PA education in August of 2020 from the University of Lynchburg. On top of her full-time position at LSU-HSC, Dr. Booth practices clinically in the emergency department at Oshner West Bank. Welcome, Dr. Booth. Welcome, Brittany. It's good to have you on the show. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Let's start, just to learn more about you, what was your path to becoming a PA?
1: Thank you so much for having me. My path to becoming a PA really starts in childhood. I like to say that I grew up in a healthcare education home. My mom was a nurse and a nurse educator. My sister is a nurse and then my other sister is an educator. So I feel like it was ingrained in my DNA that healthcare and education was just one of my loves. I knew I wanted to go into healthcare and because of my mother's Experience as a nurse, I got to see firsthand some of the things that she does. And while I have the utmost respect for my mother and what nurses do, I knew that nursing wasn't necessarily going to be my healthcare path. So I went to LSU thinking I was going to go into medical school. I took the MCAT, I was ready to apply. I studied biology. And then a storm called Katrina hit New Orleans and it forever changed my life and the lives of my friends and my family. So it was at that point that I began to get a little serious with my high school sweetheart at that time. And I started thinking about what was important for me. And where did I see myself in five years? And was the medical school path really what I wanted to do? Or was it something that I felt like other people were pushing me to do? I knew I loved healthcare. I knew I loved education. I was actually going for a biology degree with secondary education as a minor. So I I wasn't exactly sure. It wasn't until I was sitting in the LSU Student Union during Katrina with one of my best friends, who was a biology major also studying to go to medical school, when she said, have you thought about PA school? And I'm like, what is that? What is PA school? At that time, Louisiana only had one PA school, and it was LSU Shreveport, which was in northern Louisiana. So I started to look more into it and I felt like this was just a calling for me. This made sense. Arlie the Lake College was a brand new PA program at that time, which was right in Baton Rouge where LSU is located. So again, everything seemed to make sense. So I applied to PA school. In the interim, I got a high school education job. I was teaching high school biology and I fell in love with that too. And Granted, I was 24 years old teaching 18 year old seniors. So it was hard for me to be that disciplinarian. Anyway, I digress, but I got into PA school and I really had a challenge trying to decide, should I stay in education or should I go to PA school? I had a conversation with my mother who was like, you've always wanted to go into healthcare. You can always go back to education. You can't always go back to PA school. So that was the path I chose. I went to PA school and it was the right choice I practiced for six years after graduating from R.A. the Lake College, and then I found myself in education shortly after that. And so here I am at LSU nine years later.
0: So the best of both worlds.
1: Yes, it really is the best of both worlds.
0: That's awesome.
1: I want to
2: follow up on your education background because I always tell people most people who go into PA education aren't educators. They weren't trained to be educators. There's no such thing as PA education college. And so I think if you're in the relative minority of people who have gone into PA education with some actual formal education training, can you talk a little bit about that and, you know, how that more formal training and education has maybe benefited you in the education sphere?
1: Yeah, I did have some formal training in college with the secondary education minor that I was going for. But I do feel like most of my education came from my mother, who's a nurse educator. She's written several books about how to train adults and how to train the trainer. And she has been the one that has motivated me to be the type of educator that I am now. Not just teaching, but getting adults motivated and energized and how to keep their attention. I have her book on my shelf. So I look at basically reference it frequently, looking at all the ideas that she has. So I'm grown as an educator in multiple ways. But again, it's been several factors that have helped me become an educator. Yes, the formal training, learning what a learning objective is and a learning outcome, but also my mother's own advice and guidance too has been very helpful.
2: I love that, I, and I want to follow up on the teaching adults because I think that I think that's a really critically important part of PA education is that I I always bristle a little bit when I hear other educators call our students kids because they're not kids. They're young adults and, and sometimes mature adults, and I think that's a different mindset, and I, I'd like you to expand on that a little bit. I'd like to hear a little bit more about your philosophy in teaching adult learners.
1: Yes. What is key and what is most important to me is that I have their full attention. You can stand in the front of a room and you can talk at people for an hour, but if they're not actively engaged, actively listening, then they're only going to get in a very small percent of what you say. So my philosophy, outside of keeping them engaged, we always play games. We do things to get our bodies moving so that blood is circulating and they have working brains. But I would prefer that they listen to me, put the computers away. Everything that I say, all of my notes, I put typed out. So I want you to try to listen and to understand. If you're trying to type notes at the same time, you're not really comprehending what I'm saying. My notes are in there. Everything I say is in my notes section of my lecture material. So. Stop what you're doing and focus on what I'm saying. And when I went into PA school, I remember looking at current medical diagnosis and trying to read a paragraph and spending 30 minutes looking up words because I didn't understand what they meant. So I know they are adult learners, but they're brand new medical learners. So putting it in layman's terms so that they can understand what I'm saying and not get lost in the medical jargon is what I try to do. I try to explain it. I have a teenager and I do the same type of thing with him. But in obviously with my adult learners, I'm treating them as adults and not necessarily as my teenager. But it's the same type of way. You have to be able to connect with them. And it doesn't necessarily matter how old they are. It's where they are in their medical learning. If you say a word they don't understand, most of them are not going to let you know that they don't understand that word. They're going to think, I should have understood that word. Everybody else seems to understand that word and I'm going to move on. So I really try to take it down a level of layman's terms and making sure they understand it that way first. But also motivation, energizing things. We play lots of games. We make it very conversational as well.
0: So it sounds like it's really a focus on active learning, strategic classroom experiences, respect for what they bring to the classroom, a little bit of all that has contributed to your, at least your mom's philosophies on adult learning.
1: Absolutely. I expect them to come in having read the material first because it can't be the first time that you're seeing it. Again, that's not going to allow you to really take in and absorb and understand. So expect for them to do the pre-reading and the pre-assignments. And then when we come in, how can I help you ingrain this? How can I help you learn this? I have this one teaching when we learn about murmurs, I draw out not an anatomical heart, like a heart shape, and we draw ice cream cones inside of them. And we think of flow in a way that they're able to understand. And while it may not be anatomically correct, it helps them to think about what is happening inside of the heart with an image that they can relate to, but then moving it back to the anatomical heart. It's taking the basics and making it more complex in a way that they can understand and add on to throughout the curriculum.
0: So I, I was struck by what you said about Katrina. And I think that having just been there with your colleagues and all of our colleagues for the PAEA meeting in October, and having been there shortly after Katrina, I think with the American Academy PAs at that point, it, it just strikes me that the people of New Orleans or New Orleans are very resilient. There's a lot of grit. There's just there's not a lot of drama that seems to come out of that because they just lean up and build again and go on living. I think it was similar when I moved to LA about 15 years ago. My first earthquake, I was really struck like, holy moly, what is going on? And I, I looked to everybody else to get a sense of how I should react. And it was really non for everybody. And by the time I left, we had probably had four or five earthquakes that were a 4.0 or above, and I barely moved off the couch. So I guess at What I'm getting to is, since you experienced that firsthand, and you're a clinician in that community, and you're an educator in that community, how has that kind of way of life molded you as a clinician and also molded the city from an educational perspective? What are you doing to prepare your students to understand the public health and community health implications of that? What were the learnings that came from that for you? Things like that.
1: Yeah, so I grew up in a very privileged background. My parents were able to provide everything that I needed. And it wasn't until that time that my eyes were opened to the economic hardships that people in this city really faced. My family was blessed enough to pick up everything and move to Baton Rouge, and not everybody could do that. People were stuck in hospitals here for months, um, and they had nowhere to go. That really opened my eyes while I knew those things existed. I didn't get to see firsthand the repercussions of that. That has definitely molded me into the provider that I am, the empathy that I have for people when I care for people in the emergency room, putting myself in their shoes and realizing that this isn't just something you read about on the news. This is something that we lived. And that some areas in the city have still not 100% returned to life prior to Katrina. In our curriculum, we have multiple learning objectives and courses that cover social determinants of health. And it's just been a benefit that I got to live through that because I can give firsthand experiences, firsthand examples that my students may or may not be able to relate to just yet. We do have a younger cohort, right? So they were much younger when Katrina hit small children and don't really remember everything or weren't exposed to everything. It was key to the educator I've become, and I now teach the course called Culture and Diversity, where we talk about a lot of social determinants of health and the different populations of people that we have here in New Orleans because we are a melting pot. And it's actually my favorite course to teach because you see this in real life. You might not see that rare disease that we're going to talk about in cardiology, but you will see a patient like this. You need to know how to take care of them.
2: Well, speaking of your school, we'd like to hear a little bit more about your school. Tell us about LSU and your campus and your curriculum. What sets you apart from other PA schools in your area and apart from all PA schools? And maybe how a applicant might set themselves apart to be a competitive applicant for your program.
1: course. we are LSU Health Science Center in New Orleans, and we are obviously in New Orleans, in the heart of New Orleans. We're right across the street from the VA hospital and the large. UMC hospital that's associated with LSU. We are a 29-month program. We have 12 months of clinical education that follows a year and a half or 16 months in the classroom. The LSU PA program is part of the School of Allied Health, which has nine programs, counseling, OT, PT, speech, audiology, a slew of different allied health programs. So that has been very beneficial for us. We have a great interprofessional education series called Team Up here at LSU, which involves the entire health system. So our students participate in a professional activities with the dental students, the public health students, nursing, medical school, all of the different programs. So that has been really great. And I think what sets us apart from a lot of other programs The program started in 2013 and graduated its first class in 2015. LSU just built a brand new state-of-the-art simulation center right across the street. We already have amazing simulation center that we use, but we just got a brand new state-of-the-art that has an entire hospital unit on it, simulated hospital unit that our students have been able to utilize. So that has been wonderful and great and something that our students love to participate in. When we look for applicants, we are in the heart of New Orleans. And our goal is to educate PAs to take care of the people of Louisiana. So our goal is to educate people in Louisiana. So we give preference to Louisiana residents only. Otherwise, we don't give preference to LSU graduates. It doesn't matter what college you went to, as long as your main goal is to care for the people of Louisiana. And because of that melting pot, Our students and our graduates are going to be taking care of that diverse population. So diversity is also big for us. We know that patients want to see a provider that looks like them and understands them. And it's important that our students are able to meet that need in the community.
0: It sounds wonderful and great resources that you have there right downtown. And I, I imagine a lot of times PA schools are part of a medical school. Sometimes they're part of a College of Health Sciences or Allied Health, but It sounds like you do have some opportunities for interprofessional activities with the medical students as well. Do your students rotate mostly in the New Orleans area or are they all over the state?
1: We do have rotations throughout the state. However, the majority of them are in the city. We are associated with an academic hospital and our students do rotate with the medical students and the residents and the attendings at that hospital and the associated clinics throughout the city. We have a great relationship with the medical school. Even though we are in the School of Allied Health, we participate with the medical school a lot. Again, the relationship between PAs and physicians, it's important that they they start that in their education phase as well.
2: While they're in your program, how do your students have the opportunity to get involved in the community and connect with the community?
1: Sure. LSU has multiple clubs and services that allow students to become connected with the community. Now, for our PA class, each class is different. PA school is rigorous, so some classes tend to find the time and others do not. We did just get out of COVID, so during COVID, unfortunately, the community service projects were few and far between because of the risks. But our students have been involved with Habitat for Humanity they organize events to participate in throughout the city. Our students have created recycling clubs. We have a diversity committee. We have student governments. We have multiple committees and things that do projects throughout New Orleans. We have a rebuilt center, which is a center right down the street from us that cares for the homeless that our students often get involved in. So there's lots of opportunities. It just depends on each cohort.
0: So if I'm a Louisiana resident and I'm interested in serving the state of Louisiana, clearly I have an advantage to applying to your program. What else do I need to, to demonstrate to be a strong candidate for your program?
1: Sure. So PA school is very rigorous. So we like to see that our students can handle upper-level biology courses potentially multiple of them taken at the same time. We liken our curriculum to 18 hours of upper level biology courses in undergraduate that probably correlates to how rigorous our program is. So if you can take multiple upper level biologies at once and do well in them, you will probably succeed here at LSU. We also look for applicants who have strong Work experience in healthcare have direct patient contact. Shadowing is very important to us as well. What one PA does in practice may be very different from what another PA does in practice. And so we like to see not only shadowing of a PA, but even if you can shadowing multiple PA's so that you really have an understanding of what you're getting yourself into. We do see value in shadowing other healthcare professionals because PAs interact with other healthcare professionals. So you get a different dynamic and perspective from seeing how PT, OT, MDs, nurse practitioners interact with PAs. So even though you are shadowing other health professions, we see that as valuable. Also, that lets us know that why don't you want to be a PT? I shadowed a PT and I saw what they did and that's not, necessarily the path that I want to take. So there's insight that you can gain from that. Other things we like to see is the P profession in relation to physicians or even nurse practitioners, in my opinion, especially here in the South is small. So we look for people who want to really advance in our profession, make a name for us and go into leadership positions. So that's important as well. We look at it holistically, of course, great communication skills, During interviews, when I talk to applicants, I'm thinking in the back of my head, can I tell you my deepest, darkest secrets? Are you the type of person that I could open up to? If I were a patient, would I feel comfortable in this 10-minute interview that I have with you? Because we all know that patient encounters are short. Would I feel like I could tell you something very important that you wouldn't judge me and that you would listen? Are you empathetic? Do you have those personality skills to be open and inviting? That's also important. So there's so many factors that we look at.
2: That's great. I was interested when I was reading your bio that you have a personal history in your work history of working in corrections medicine. I'd like to hear a little bit about that and what your experience was like working in corrections medicine. It's not that common a place for PAs to practice. So could you share with us a little bit about that experience?
1: Well, correctional medicine has always interested me. Ever since I was small, I used to watch Cops on TV and all those prison shows. It was just interesting to me. So here in New Orleans, again, Shreveport was the only PA program in northern Louisiana. So when I graduated from Baton Rouge with my degree, there weren't as many PA positions in New Orleans. Again, it was more nurse practitioner driven. So I found this position And I was so excited. I'm like, this is going to be the coolest job. I learned so much. Now, I was a brand new PA with, uh, I worked at Jefferson Parish Correctional Center and Lafourche Parish Correctional Center. I took care of intake, which when detainees are taken in, they are held for three days before they can either bail out or not. So in that area was really a lot of high risk people coming off of drugs people that needed their medication. So I took care of all the urgent things that were going on in that area. Then if those individuals stayed with us, there was a 700 or maybe 800 bed facility where I took care of their chronic issues, acute issues. We had an in-house x-ray machine. We had a dentist that came once a week. We had a psychiatrist. My supervising physician was board certified internal medicine and infectious disease And he worked one day a week and I was there full time. I learned so much. He was wonderful. I was a new grad. It was just the best experience and exciting. There was always something going on. And I'm that type of person, an adrenaline junkie that I would follow where the drama was. That is also where I learned a lot about the populations of people here in New Orleans. People that get arrested are everyday people, right? And I dealt with so many different individuals of different backgrounds. I learned a lot. I grew a lot. I learned how to work out of a formulary and I got to see some things that I couldn't have imagined I would have learned. I'm, I wouldn't have seen in a clinic. So it was great. It was wonderful. I had an amazing time. Yeah. It was just something that fell into my lap and I'm like, this is right down my alley and I would do it again. It was great.
0: I I experienced that in in homelessness care, in working in a homeless shelter and probiotic care. The pathology that you see, sadly, because of the socioeconomics and the the health disparities, you're seeing cancers at a much more predominant growth. You're seeing heart disease that's been unmanaged for years. You're you're hearing heart murmurs that, like hearing a a six out of six heart murmur is pretty rare in affluent communities, but in unfortunately in the homeless communities that's not so uncommon i imagine you had the same experience
1: absolutely these often were individuals that couldn't afford health care so they come to jail and they immediately put in a medical request because now is their opportunity while it was not necessarily for me fixing these issues because a jail setting is not present and they're only there temporarily it was about educating if i had the time to talk to them about their high blood pressure. They don't even know they have high blood pressure. But because we are taking their blood pressures when they come in and reassessing and making sure it comes back down to normal, they're diagnosed while they're there. So I had the unique opportunity to educate them about, let's talk about hypertension and what that means and what it's doing to your heart in layman's terms. Again, my love for education was still ignited there. I was able to explain and teach people and see the light bulb go off and be like, oh, And giving them even resources while they were in jail and I'm taking care of you, what resources you're going to get out, you're going to go somewhere, what can we do so that you continue this medication when you get out and you understand the importance of it now. But when it came to all the unique diseases, I got to do so many things that I wouldn't have ever seen in a clinic. And as a new grad, those experiences are half of the stories that I tell to my
0: students. Yeah, that's great. What a great training ground to continue from PA school.
1: Absolutely.
0: Brittany, we really appreciated the opportunity to talk to you. We'd like to give you the opportunity to wrap up with anything that you were hoping we would ask or if there's anything else that you want to cover before we close. We always like to give our guests that opportunity.
1: I don't think I have anything else to add. I'm so grateful that we met at the table at PAEA and had the opportunity to talk and that I had the chance to promote LSU Health Science Center's New Orleans PA program. So thank you so much for having
0: me. You're welcome and thank you so much for joining us. This has really been interesting to learn about it and we wish you the best uh, in your future down there.
1: Thank you, you as well.
0: We wanna thank our guest, Dr. Booth for her time and for sharing all the wonderful information about the LSU HSC PA program. Dr. Booth's passion for her program, community and her clinical role in emergency medicine and correctional medicine are all very admirable and continue to exemplify the flexibility that we have in our profession. Tune in next time as we speak with another leader from the PA profession.